0: Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see everybody here. You ready for an Easter break? Good, good, good. I'm I'm glad you are so excited for an Easter break. Your enthu- there you go. say so your enthusiasm is killing me. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm up here today because I, I have to do a very tough task. And um, this is not one that I have looked forward to uh, for quite some time. Uh, maybe you know and maybe you don't. But um, Ms. our dean of students, Mr. Rick Swift, is going to be leaving us. And uh, R- Rick has spent... 31 years here that's that's probably longer than most all of y'all been alive right I mean not all of you but some of you most of you especially you students right 31 years I was, I was looking at the dates like I just graduated from college when Rick took over here I'm, I'm sorry but I'm just trying to give some perspective how how long that's been he, he he's really been and especially in the area of of Student Services has been the face of CIU for a lot of years. Just to give you some perspective, he came here in 1991 as the Dean of Men and he served in that role until 97 when he became the Assistant Dean of Student Life. And then in 2003, he officially became the Dean of Student Life. And in that role, he has done a lot of things, right? And uh, most importantly, he has mentored I think we could say thousands of students at this point um, who are in ministry and in business and around the world. He has had an impact. I, I first met Rick. We were doing a, a, a training seminar in 2011 or 12 at ABHE. And at ABHE, he is, he is known for his knowledge and his work in, in student services, student life. And uh, I, I'm, I'm honored. When I, when I got the chance, I never thought we would ever work together. But three years ago, I got to come here to CIU and begin my work with Rick, and I have loved every minute of it. one of the things that I, if I was going to use a word that best describes Rick in my life, is that he's steady. I don't know if that means anything or not to you, but for me, I need somebody in that role who's steady. I never have to wake up at two o'clock in the morning and worry that Rick has made some crazy decision to do something that's just going to rock my world, right? I always know he's gonna make good decisions and he he works hard and diligently, and I really, really appreciate this man. Appreciate his wife, Patty, who is here. Would you stand up, Patty, so we can recognize you? (laughs) His his kids literally grew up on this campus. I mean, so Katie and, and Nathan and Amy. I think Amy's here, right? Amy's here. Good to have Amy here as well. And and I think, I think his mom, uh, Nana, is here too. Is that right? Is she here? And so, brought the crew just just for you today, Rick. That, that adds pressure, doesn't it? <laughs> And so if, if you would, if you would, and, and when I say this is hard, it's hard because uh, I'm losing a, a, a partner in, in the ministry that we do here, but somebody that I count on uh, dearly and have trusted for, for these three years that we've worked together. So if you would, give it up for my partner and friend, Rick Swift.
1: All right, now the hard part. I have to speak. Um... So, if I break down and blubber, I've got a couple people ready to come up and speak in my place, because um, this is going to be tough. See? I told you. So, 31 years. So, I just thought to help me with my emotional state, just give you a little bit of uh, numbers behind the 31 years. So, that means, rough estimate, and I kind of lowballed it. 3,800-plus chapels that I've been to. So quit your belly aching, all right? 6,500 meals in the cafeteria. And ditto. 19,000-plus trips up and down the boulevard. At least 500 birthday songs to Tyler. (laughs) Two pandemics, almost three. Swine flu, avian flu, and then our dear friend, COVID. 35,000 plus hours sitting in my office. And here's the best part, over 5,000 CIU graduates. And my congrats to the class of 2022. Uh, Congratulations to you guys. I also want to just say thanks to faculty and staff, my friends through the years. Uh, You you have been special. Not just in my career and, and a lot that have gone on, a lot that have gone to be with the Lord that poured into me in my early years. But especially I want to thank the faculty that poured into Amy and Katie. So Amy back there, teacher ed major uh, with her MAT and all the education folks, thank you so much for pouring in to Amy. And then the humanities folks, Dr. Young, Steve, Renzi, all you guys that uh, poured into Katie and just helped shape her into who she is uh, from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) See you guys, thank you so much for coming. (laughs) Let's... Let's pray, and then I have a legit word that I want to give to you guys. Father, we love you. Uh, Your faithfulness through my years here are evident. You have sustained me. You have placed people around me. uh, You have brought people along at the right time to uh, teach me, guide me, correct me, love me, encourage me, support me, hold me. And I thank you. And Lord, as I just kind of share uh, my heart for the students and the faculty and staff at CIU, I pray that you would just use this. It's your your legacy, Lord. Thanks for letting me be a part. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. All right. So this is a message from 2011, and some wise counsel told me to pick a message I was kind of familiar with because it was going to be emotional enough as it is, and it has been. So think back to your Old Testament survey days, and you think back to the uh, kingdom of Israel, and there was a time where the kingdom was divided. There was a north kingdom and a south kingdom, 19 kings in the north, all bad, all bad. 20 kings in the south, 12 bad, 8 good. What in the world? And you look in the Old Testament Kings and Chronicles and you read about these kings and here's what you read. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of Jeroboam and in his sin, which he made Israel to sin. And Ahab, the son of Omri, Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. So where did all of these kings get off track? Obviously, they were responsible for their actions, but there's something a little bit further back that I think is foundational to what happened well before these guys took their throne. So 1 Samuel chapter 8, let's just read what it says there. This is where Israel demands a king. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah, and they said to him, Behold, you have grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the nations. But the thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. Like all the deeds which they have done since the day that I brought them up from Egypt, even to this day, in that they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. It's not the king's fault, 100%. This is what the people did in Israel And so, when it comes to doing right in the sight of the Lord, they were not doing it. By their attitudes and their actions, they had rejected God. And so, three quick observations from this little passage here one, as a collective people, they forgot God, two, they chose to submit to a human king who would tax them heavily. Versus the God who had delivered them from the hands of the Egyptians had fed them and provided them water. And three, they literally forgot willfully or without thinking what God had done and believed they could conduct their own affairs better if the governing was left to themselves. Stupid people. But we're exactly like them today. There's a biblical principle of submission and dependence upon God That's foundational for doing right in the sight of the Lord. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Without His grace, it's impossible to do the life that He calls us to do. So let me explain this through an illustration from the summer of 2011. There were five students at CIU that got this cockamamie idea that they were going to ride bikes from Jacksonville, Florida, to Portland, Maine. And it was called the One More Tour. And so they were going to ride, and they were going to stop at different churches at alumni places. And the idea was they're going to get one more student. So all these stops, they were meeting with people, youth groups and stuff like that, just to recruit students. Well, you guys know that I'm a biker. I love riding bikes. Well, I was a 47-year-old biker at that time, and they were 20-year-old bikers at that time. So I joined them on the uh, border of South Carolina and Georgia, and we were, we were riding from there. To Myrtle Beach. Pretty good ride. Through some back roads, not on the interstate, Um, but we got going. So when you ride like that, you get in a line and the person out front is doing what's called a pull and they're literally pulling you along because aerodynamically they are cutting the wind in front of you and it makes those behind the first person, makes the ride much easier. So what we were doing is we were doing three mile pulls so you would ride up front for three miles, about 10 minutes, and then you would peel off. And what you would do is you would just move off one side or the other. You'd slow down just a little bit, the line would go by you, and then you'd start pedaling again, and you'd fall back in behind. You'd get the benefit of those riding in front of you, and you would recover while you got in that line. Well, one rule for doing that is if you're going on an uphill and your three miles come to an end, you finish the hill well, it's Rick's turn to do the pull. And we're coming to 2.9 and I'm looking in front of me and it's like, this is the low country of South Carolina. Who put this hill here? And I'm like, God, this isn't funny. And so being the sweet, humble man that I am, I'm like, I'm going to show these guys what I got. So I'm cranking it. And I'm pedaling the bike up there and I'm gonna make it to the top and I get to the top and I'm done and I pull off and they're like good pull, good pull, good pull." and I'm thinking to myself I'm dead I'm dead I'm dead and what happened is when I pulled off and I started letting the line go by me I had nothing in the tank and instead of falling right behind the last rider and getting in that benefit I got too far back and so I pulled in line but I wasn't close enough to get the benefit of the person pulling in front of me, and I was toast. But here's what one of the guys did in the line. Matt Densky, a legend in Memorial II. He was RA in Memorial II for five years. Two years of his undergrad, three years of his MDiv. The man gave his life for his country on M2. <laughs> Matt saw what was going on, came back, got in front of me, and said, come on, let's go. And what he did is he got in front, cut the wind for me so that I could get back up in the line with them. Amazing ride. It was so cool. Now, I was done, and I knew it. I didn't have to admit it. They knew what was going on. So what does this illustration have to do with anything? It's a cool story, Right? Listen to this verse. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. The law instructed me what I needed to do in order to ride my bike the way it was originally intended. Pedal hard, stay in line, keep up. I also learned through the law what I was powerless to do. Pedal hard, (laughs) stay in line, and keep up. Now, I could sort of stay in line, but I was so far off the back, like I said, my efforts did me no good. The law was instructive, but it was powerless, and so was I. I needed something beyond the law and my own strength to ride the ride I wanted to ride and the ride that was designed for that day. I had to submit, and I had to admit, help. I need help. I can't do it. Now look at Romans 7, 24 and 25. Wretched man that I am. All right, poor little peddler on your bicycle that I am. Who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that on one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. And now listen to 8.3. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. While I on that bicycle had come to a point of submitting myself, admitting that I needed help, And then receiving that help from Matt, there was another act of submission that was going on. Now, Matt at that time was dating Dr. Jones, our chancellor. He was president at the time. He was dating his daughter. Uh, They're married today. Uh, But I still don't like comparing Matt to Christ. (laughs) But listen, Matt had every right to stay in line where he was riding with those other guys. I had made the mistake. I was the one that was weak. I had earned my place apart from the other five riders. He chose to submit himself to the bigger story, that all six of us would ride the ride as it had been designed. In submitting himself, he also humbled himself and took on what I could not do. What I could not do, weak as I was in my flesh, Matt came and extended the grace that only he could provide. I hope there's another verse that's going through your mind. Have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus, that though he was in the form of God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be held on to, but he emptied himself, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. In heaven and on earth to the glory of God the Father. That's what Matt did. Matt had no right or no reason to leave that line. Jesus had no reason whatsoever to leave heaven. But in an act of submission of their own right and their own identity, laid that aside to come and help somebody that was helpless. Matt for me, Jesus for every one of us. As wonderful as what Matt did for me, it holds nothing in comparison to what Christ has done for us. What we cannot possibly do living right in the sight of the Lord, God did through Christ, the giver of all grace. What he did for us to pay the payment for our sin is the same the way we live right in the sight of God. What we were powerless to do, God did through Jesus Christ, his son. Second Corinthians 5.21, he, God, made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I think we too easily forget that the grace given to us when we live in submission to God and his word, we forget what that is like. Like the 31 bad kings, we are so easily deceived, even sometimes by ourselves, into thinking that we're peddling just fine, and we don't realize that apart from God's provision, it's hopeless. And we often forget what grace is intended for, not just as a redemption from our lost and sinful state, it's the ability to ride the way we were meant to ride, the way we were intended to live, what God has provided for us. Titus chapter two, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. If I can leave you with one thing, it's grace. Grace to ride the ride, to live the life God has in store for you. You need to learn it. You need to pray about it. You need to submit yourself to it. You need to meditate on it. You need to depend on it. And you need to live on it. CIU, Ride the ride you were meant to ride. I'll see you. I love you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the grace you've given to each one of us, first and foremost, to come and find us in our helpless state of sin. And to give your life on the cross for us, Lord, to buy us back to you in that relationship. And then beyond that, by that exact same grace, to give that to us, that we can live the life you've called us to live. To say no to those things that are going to bog us down, to drag us back. Me on that bicycle, powerless behind those other guys you dropped back and you found us in our life. Each day when we're weak in our flesh and you pull us back up to where you want us to be, that we can ride that ride of a joyful life with you. Father, I pray for these students and my colleagues that you would beat that into us each and every day as we wake up. Your mercies are new every morning. Your grace is abundant each and every day. Lord, may we grasp that because if we grasp that, that just draws us to you and in your embrace and in your truth, we can live. So walk with each of us, seniors that are going to be finishing going their own way, Patty and I as we head our way and others for whatever you have called them to do. Lord, would you walk with us and remind us that you're there. And so collectively, Lord, I just pray that we will say together that we love you. And we thank you. Amen.
0: We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.